Hey there, BFS Maniacs. It's your buddy Josh. Uh, as you're about to hear, my audio this episode sounds a little bit like doo-doo. That's because I accidentally recorded from my laptop's microphone instead of the one I'm recording with right now. You know, the nice one. That sounds significantly better. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to drop that in here, uh, say sorry, and please enjoy episode 18. Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Alright, welcome, and welcome our new co-host, Bigfoot. (laughs) Guys, we found an actual Sasquatch in the whole rainforest. And now he lives with me. So whenever you're ready, Bigfoot. Inexplicably, Uh, he decided to go live in the urban environment of Philadelphia instead of moving right in his own backyard here. I wish this was real. I know. We really failed. (laughs) We we promised. I'm Josh, by the way. I'm Dennis. Hi, welcome to Best Friend Simulator. Uh, yeah, we, we promised a, a special field report, and I think we probably recorded maybe three minutes worth of uh, audio on the trip. Yeah. We had a lot of discussions about whether or not we should go back and get the recorder out of the car. And that happened a couple times. Aired on the side of, no, let's just remember to get it next time. Aired on the side of either laziness or, ah, this won't be that good. <laughs> So maybe next time. Maybe next time. And we didn't even find Bigfoot, so it doesn't matter. It's not like we missed something. Well, we didn't find him this time, so that that means that uh, the odds are probably greater that we'll find him next time. That means he or she is still out there, or it. They. Let's say they are still out there. All of them. We'll find them. Oh, we'll find them. And then they'll be our co-host. Bigfoot Friend Simulator. Oh, man. That's what I wanted this to be. God damn it. Oh, we no, probably just Bigfoot Simulator because we could still keep the uh, initials. Uh, that's a next the next episode is Bigfoot Simulator. There we go. And it's just going to be us talking like Bigfoot the whole time or what we think Bigfoot sounds like. <laughs> so I was eating mouse by river. <laughs> or whatever those weird noises are in those videos. <laughs> You're just going to see a bunch of apples behind me, and one of them's going to be gone, and I'm just going to swear that Bigfoot was there. Oh, that'll be part of my Bigfoot episode, where I talk about that fucking ridiculous documentary on the Sylvan Bigfoot, where he just shows some, uh, like, low-light, what is it, night vision video. Like infrared. Yeah, thank you, sorry. (laughs) Infrared video of some apples, and then he says, see one of them is now missing and that was his proof that bigfoot was there but that's the dude who has the pictures like the the portraits uh-huh of the the bigfoot faces yeah, right? yeah he took a picture of a bigfoot standing there and but he was standing like behind like a bush or something so you could just see some of his uh eyes and shit and there's a, a female bigfoot picture that he has too. yes yes he has a male yeah. and a female and they're both really terrible looking yeah they're pretty corny there was a yeah so the whole thing was basically an ad for his Bigfoot. Oh, course, yeah, right? where it's like $5,000 a person to go camp in Ontario for five days. 
and find Bigfoot. I haven't heard that they found him yet. Yeah, interesting. You'd think that a guy who has had this much contact with them would definitely be able to reproduce something. You would think so. Bunch of hucksters. Anyway. Hucksters, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Wait, is hucksters uh, an offensive term? I don't think so. Okay. I think it's like a shy, uh, it's like a shyster, right? Wait, is it a shyster I think a shyster might term? be an offensive term. Is that an anti-Semitic term? I think it really says something about our, our culture and society that we have to stop and think about things because so many derogatory terms are racist in nature somehow. Are you looking it up? Damn it. I'm looking up shyster. So, I found some. According to Wikipedia, shyster is a slang word for someone who acts in a disreputable, unethical, or unscrupulous way. Oh, one source asserts that the term originated in Philadelphia in 1843 from a disreputable attorney named Schuster. Close enough. Various false entomologies have suggested an anti-Semitic origin, possibly associated with the character Shylock from Shakespeare's The Merchant of Venice. So it's Hmm. definitely racist. No, I don't think Huckster is... Uh, describes a person who sells something or serves biased interests. It doesn't say, um, uh, no. All right. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, that Sylvan Bigfoot dude is definitely a huckster then. Yeah, definitely a huckster. So, uh, as if you cannot tell, uh, I am back in Philadelphia. I have returned from my trip to Seattle. And I'm was... back in Seattle. You are always in Seattle. Not always. I mean, t- <laughs> I know not since the dawn of time, but... <laughs> Sometimes I go to Burien to go to the Trader Joe's. You go to a different city to go to the Trader Joe's? It's it's closer than the, the one in West Seattle. Wow. What's going Straight. on out there? I'm like right on the border of Seattle. Mm. So you're back in Seattle from the Trader Joe's. Yeah, the rest of our trip was pretty cool. We went to the rainforest. We Beautiful. got rained on. We didn't it really get rained cool. on in the rainforest. It was wet. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that's normal. Like, Yeah, yeah, no, it wasn't pouring. It's mad drippy up in there. Don't say that again. Mad drippy? Yeah, I don't think people like that. They love it. Uh, it makes me feel weird. Well, I don't know if you've noticed the formula of the podcast that we've worked out so far here on episode 18, but... Please explain like, to me. I like to say things that make you uncomfortable, Dennis. Oh, thanks, that's great. Great friendship I think going it on here. Makes for great jokes... It does make for great jokes. People laughing. You certainly are a huckster. I'm not selling anything. Mm, aren't you? I, would I have a, a, a stream of income coming in from this? You're selling this antagonistic relationship that we supposedly have. In exchange for downloads? Downloads. Downloads. Now that sounds offensive when you say that. Well, look, man. I, I can't pay my rent with downloads. Good one, dude. Anyway. <laughs> I appreciate them, though. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. So we went to the rainforest. We went to some islands. We took many, many ferries were taken that that couple days. Many a ferry. I like like a ferry ride. I I, I do it a lot out here, living in such a watery place. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy it? It was a nice time. Oh, I love a ferry. Except for the one time that I took the ferry that goes from Cape May, New Jersey to Lewis, Delaware, and I got real sick. But it was super choppy that day in my mm. defense. Yeah, that'll happen. You're you're not as likely to run into that here. Those are bigger, but well, I don't know. The don't Cape know. May Lewis ferry is pretty big, but I don't know. I think a bigger boat would make you less sick. But we're also like not 
on the actual ocean here, so most of the ferries you're taking are like a part of the sound or something. Mm. So I, I don't What's... think you're gonna you're gonna get a bunch. I don't think you're gonna get waves and stuff like you would. Waves I don't think. Stuff. What's the difference between a sound and a bay and a harbor? Uh, yeah. So your trip out here was pretty good. I enjoy myself. Although this is, and this is no knock against you, but I feel like I really can only travel for like four days tops. And then I'm just like ready to be home. I I don't like living out of a suitcase. I miss my bed. I miss my comforts. I miss my alone time. Well, yeah. old. Oh, no. I mean, I'll say you've always been into your own bed. Even when we were kids, it it was really tough to get you to, to sleep over. You would always yeah. insist I sleep over your house. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, I maybe mean, that's because I didn't like your dog. Probably. There was that one night where we had that like L-shaped sectional couch, and you and I slept on opposite ends, and my dog was sleeping out there, and you and my dog, who was a Boston Terrier named Spuds, R.I.P., Sweet Spuds, mm-hmm. uh, you guys were snoring so loud that I actually got up and went to bed in my own room. And Spuds wouldn't stop cuddling with me, and I fucking hated it, because otherwise he was trying to bite me. He was trying to bite you because you were tormenting him. I, no, you are recreating history. He would try to bite me only when I left the house. Yes. doesn't make sense. And what I would say was he's trying to bite you because you're making a big production about leaving. If you just walk out the door, he won't do it, which is what I always did. And he never bit me. You would that go, make sense. you would hover near the door and be like, oh, and then once you would get through, you would yell at him through the screen door and get him all riled up. No, I would yell at him through the screen door because if I had made it out without getting bit, it was an accomplishment. Yeah, and that wasn't helping with his behavior. I was trying to. I still stick by the thing I said, which was somebody, somebody asked Josh if he had a tattoo uh, for his dog. Because you have a tattoo that says, Young Till I Die. And it has spuds, and there's flames behind it. And there's flames. And somebody asked you if that if that was a tattoo of your dog, and I said, no, it's a photograph of your dog in hell where it belongs. Yeah. And that just shows the different relationship that we had with your dog. I think it just shows that you're cruel. It shows that animals torment me because they like it, because animals are horrible. I think they sense that you are cruel. I don't think that's true. Uh, I don't think animals have that sense. I think they do. Hmm. I'm not cruel. I've never been cruel to an animal. I've been good to animals. Okay, I threw a box at a dog once that was trying to kill me. (laughs) But I was just trying to deliver a package to its owner when I worked for FedEx. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever, indeed. Anyway, I had a nice trip overall. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Dennis uh, also uh, threw rocks at dogs on the beach. No. Fuck you, that was you. <laughs> I didn't throw rocks at dogs. You you were talking about it. <laughs> no, we did we did keep talking about it. You're not supposed to tell people our secret conversations that we have on the beach. Mostly just because of how absurd it would be for us to start throwing rocks at somebody's family dog and yelling, Get out of here <laughs> <laughs> That was the be- that was the most important part. It wasn't the rocks, it was the get out of here. It was, it was the yelling, yeah. Get out of here! <laughs> yeah it was great having you out here you should yeah, come out and visit me again soon we'll see well, i don't know if i can do that but we'll see okay fine whatever you know there's always 50 
when I turn fifty. I don't. You got ten years. I don't ten know. Ten years. I don't know if the world will exist at that point. Nah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. The world's not gonna explode until after we die. Sure. Ooh, or it could be a post-apocalyptic journey. See, I've always thought that I really need a good post-apocalypse to to test for me to test my metal, like see if I can do it. Yeah. Um, I, I probably won't be able to do it. I'll probably fail miserably. I'll probably die within 24 hours. Yeah, the second we lose our glasses, we're dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I can't see anything. Oh, I, I, can't, like take my, I can't take my antidepressants. Oh, no, I'm sad. I'll be like, oh, my That's God. That's how that works. Dude, what do you mean? <laughs> there's no food anymore? And some of you like, I mean, there's plenty of food. I'll be like, oh, my God, there's no food delivery anymore. And then I'll just probably kill myself. <laughs> Where am I going to get bubble tea? <laughs> uh, I just have to have it regular sugar. I can't have it half sugar. Oh my god, the calories. <laughs> yeah, so when you turn 50, we'll, we'll let, let's make this plan right now and have it recorded here for posterity. We'll meet somewhere in the middle of the country. When I turn 50? Yeah. Or during an apocalyptic event? Well, the apocalypse will have already happened. I'm saying within the next few years. But if we both survive, let's make plans to meet for your 50th birthday somewhere in the, the, the middle of the country. Hold on, hold on. So if there's an apocalyptic event, yeah, like let's say somebody who's a president fuck nut presses his giant button and then there's like nuclear war, uh, let's just say. So you're saying if that happens within like the next two years, right? Sure. We, we wait eight years to meet in Chicago? I mean, it's not going to be easy to get around. I mean, if I, even if I start walking now, I'll get to Chicago in a couple years. Yeah, sure. but you got to think you got roving bands of scavengers out there. You got your mutants. You got the uh, the spirits that come from other dimensions uh, when the nukes hit the ley lines and Time open up out. portals. Time out. Yes. Josh. Yes. Josh. Oh, I'm thinking about... Uh, Palladium's Rifts RPG. Yes. 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 That's what you're thinking. But hey, you, you never know. That could happen. I was talking about a real thing, and you're already, you're talking about mutants forming within a year after a, a nuclear event. Eh, well. <laughs> Boy can dream. So I'm just saying it'll be treacherous, and you're not going to oh. want to venture out into the nuclear wasteland like right away. I think no. eight years would be an okay time if we survive. Josh. Yeah. That's the big part. Yeah, if we survive. I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to survive a trip and fall, let alone a nuclear war. Who knows, man? Maybe that'll be like when we really find ourselves. Like it, See, it, I, it, it took the collapse of civilization and the death of millions and millions of people for us to really find our groove, you know? See, I always, I've thought about this a lot, and we've talked about this, where I feel like it's going to force me to like live off of the land and learn all these survival skills. But what's really going to happen is a roving gang of marauders is going to yell things at me and chase me around. And then they're going to tie me to one of their Mad Max cars and just drive me into stuff. I know this is my future. <laughs> they're going to make me they're going to take my shirt off, which is just going to be worse than hell, and then they're just going to drive me around, they're going to whip me. I know how this okay. ends. I know how this ends. Until eventually they either eat me or worse. Yeah. I'll definitely like try to help somebody and then they'll kill me because they were just like a, a plant. No, 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 they no. Got, no. 
they got they got sent by the the group of marauders to come in and infiltrate my little area. Be like, oh yeah, man, come on, I'll come help you. And then they'll just like shoot me in the fucking face in the middle of the night. Come in and eat my cats. No, you have a marketable skill in the post apocalypse. It's true. I can I can weld things. Right. What am I gonna do? Uh, I can write some jokes for the gang. Yeah, you make them laugh. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. When the guy with like the the one eye because his other eye like got all mutant like and right. grew over and uh-huh. disappeared. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When he's when he's about to hit you with an axe, you could make him laugh, and I'd be like, "Oh, this guy's pretty funny." But that will not stop them from from taking my shirt off, which as I said earlier was worse than the hell of the nuclear explosion itself and drive around with me on the front of one of their marauder mobiles they'll just make me say funny things into their megaphone okay what do you think will happen with bigfoot in like a post-apocalyptic situation he becomes king or she or they dude no i got it i know how i'm gonna survive the apocalypse you're gonna become bigfoot i'm gonna go out and find a bigfoot and have the Bigfoot show me the ways of living off the radar. Right, 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 right. You know Bigfoot is a wild animal, right? No, dog. They they have some intelligence. I mean, you know, but it's like, he, he, a Bigfoot's not going to be like, oh, hello. It's not like this, like, wise forest spirit. You, you don't know that. Well, yes, I do, because I have someone here that wants to talk to you. Oh, so he wants to talk to me. Hello, Josh. It's me, Bigfoot. Bigfoot, been waiting to talk to you, buddy. We have a lot to a lot to discuss. I never share my secrets with you. Ah, oh, do you want to eat a mouse though? I, ha- I might have a mouse around here somewhere. I eat vegetables and small mice. Yeah, see, I got a lot of vegetables. You like spinach? I come to you house, and you offer me spinach. <laughs> and scene. No one, the Marauder Gang is gonna tear me apart with this kind of talent. It's true. They'll let you go. Mm. You'll probably you'll you'll infiltrate the the Marauder group, and that's how you can get across the country. You'll travel with your Marauder pack. You just keep them laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, and you'll be like, oh yeah, hey, maybe we should head over to Chicago. Joke, joke, joke. I don't know. I'm not the funny guy. So we know. We Whereas know. I will be learning how to be a Bigfoot ninja in the wilds of Washington, mm. and then we're gonna meet in Chicago. And I'm going to be wearing, like, a pelt, and you're going to have, like, a mohawk. Hmm. No shirt. Finally be comfortable. No shirt. Finally be comfortable yeah. with it. You'll probably get, like, wasteland ripped. What? Well, not, they're, they're not going to let me do anything. They're just going to strap me to things and make fun of me. Nah, dog. They'll probably make you dig, like, holes that they poop in or something. Oh man. But see, that's, I thought about that if I had to be in prison, too, not to make light of prison. But, I mean, are you allowed to lift weights in prison? I think they stop that in a lot of prisons, from what I understand. My friend Noelle was was uh, texting me today and saying she wanted to be part of our Jail Stories uh, podcast because apparently we talked about it on our Halloween episode. That we were, Did we? That we were going to have Jail Stories. People who were arrested. Jail Stories? Yeah. Oh, and te- I don't remember and that. And Teen Diary Stories, which is probably a better idea. That, yeah, we, we, we would like to have our friend Jen back on for that. Yeah, like, cause like, um, couldn't I just sit in my jail my jail cell and just like do push ups all day? Yeah. No, I mean in real life. You definitely could. Oh, okay. You know what? What my plan is, if I ever go to jail, white collar crime. Like, no, I don't have a white collar. I have a, a brown collar here. All right, all right. What's your plan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna run D and D games. 
Oh yeah, yeah. For for everybody. Oh, did I show you that article? Yeah. Or I've 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 seen it. I don't know if you sent it to me or not. I haven't saved. I saved but, it like a year ago. I'm gonna get around to it one of these days. That's that's what I was saying that before that I even read the article though. That's that's my plan is I'm gonna run because I think about it like jail is awful. I I'm not knocking that, but there is a part of me that feels like if I just had time because I think that's the one type thing you have in jail is time. Right. If I just had time to just think about D and could run the best D and D campaign ever. So, and that's how I think I would get in good with the, the, the fellas on the yeah. cell block. I think we're not taking into consideration the time you have to spend watching your back. Yeah, that's true. But that's my thing is I'm going to get them super hooked on the campaign and they're going to be like, well, we can't let that weirdo get shanked because what's going to happen to my rogue. What if I went to jail and I had to join like a, a racist group to survive. Would you feel like? Well, I mean, you could you can keep saying things like shyster that would definitely get you. I said huckster. The group. I said we look. We decided. I I <laughs> said huckster. You said shyster. Well, look, we we did our research. We figured out we're going to say huckster so, from now on. Just just play this episode for them, and they'll be like, "Oh, this guy's pretty cool." Right, right, wait. And then what do I get? Uh, a white power tattoo. <laughs> On your on your throat. No, I don't. I don't want that. I just want to not be beat up by everybody. I don't know. I mean, because no, then I, if, when I, I meet you in Chicago, I'm going to be in this Marauder gang. Like, are you going to think less of me? Oh, I thought you were talking about prison. Yeah, I'm, it's a a, a a simile. What? It's a metaphor. It's like the same thing, man. No, it's not. If I meet you in Chicago and I'm part of this Marauder gang who's kind of doing horrible things, but they're not killing me. Are you going to think less of me? Hey, man, you had to do what you had to do. Okay. Just like me. So if I was in prison and I was... I, I probably have to stop being vegan if I'm going to follow the Bigfoot way and start eating mice. Just small mice. Just small mice. And then, like, berries and shit. Feast? Not actual oh, shit. But... Oh, good. Wait, so if what if you were in prison? Can you still be a vegan in prison? Probably not. Yeah. Right? Oh, can you? No. Yeah, you can. Mm, that's nice. I've heard about this. Hmm. I've done some preliminary research. Just in you know, case. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm always getting in all this, into this, this yeah, crime. Yeah, yeah. I'm always in hot water with the law. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some white collar crimes. Yeah. I definitely uh, did a rolling stop through a stop sign today on Ooh. my bicycle. So Watch out for this bad. I'm probably, probably going to get some serious time for that. Watch out for this badass. <laughs> all right. Moving. I think we need to come back to the post-apocalypse discussion because there is... So much endless possibility. Yeah. 50-year-old Bigfoot ninja, Josh. That's that's a future me I really can get into. And Marauder Gang Court Jester. Wasteland ripped Marauder Gang Court Jester. But, this is, but still fat. This is awesome. And also, these would be two really good Rifts characters mm, there we to go. play. There so, we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Dennis, I, I have some news. Am I going to like pretty, it? I mean, I... If you're empathetic, you'll you'll feel for me, but it, it doesn't affect you in any real way. Okay. So remember over the summer when I was talking about ants and how I won the war of ants? I do. The war on the ants because it got cold. <laughs> right. It's January. Ants are back, buddy. How are they back in January? I don't fucking know. But Jamie and I were sitting on the couch yesterday and she found an ant on her neck. Uh. 
And then later I was cleaning up. I spilled a little bit of a drink and I was cleaning up and found a bunch of ants on our blanket on the couch. What's going on out there? Uh, I blame climate change. I don't know. I mean, it, it hasn't been a really cold winter here so far. We had a couple days where it got like Seattle cold where it went below freezing. But oh. overall, it's been, you know, kind of in the 40s. So they're, they're still kind of active, I guess. And I'm guessing we must have a colony in the house somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, it was uh, one degree here on Saturday. Yeah, that's Fahrenheit. You know, that that sounds rough. But if from my perspective, uh-huh. if it was one degree here, I wouldn't have ants, probably. No, but you also can't feel your fucking face. Yeah, but I wouldn't have ants. Mm, Touche. I don't have ants, but I also have no desire to leave the house. And I mean, you don't really have to when it's that cold. I mean, you, you know, you want to. Do you, though? Sometimes. I think I should. Eh, it's overrated. When can I not ever again? When you're a a, a, a wasteland-ripped marauder jester, you won't really have a home, so... Why can't I just live at home if there's an apocalypse? Because you need to get to Chicago to meet Oh, Bigfoot yeah. Josh. I forgot about all that. Bigfoot Ninja Josh. Bigfoot Ninja Josh. <laughs> hmm. That's an interesting, interesting uh, nickname you've come up with for yourself. I'll wear like a ninja suit, but it'll be made of like fur. Isn't that what a ghillie suit is? No, a ghillie suit has like grass. twigs and, mm. and leaves and grass and shit all over it. Yours would just be made of fur. Yeah. So you'd be wearing a Bigfoot costume. No. A gorilla costume? It'd be a ninja suit. I wouldn't have, like, a mask on. I'd have, like, a fur mask that isn't, like, a face. It's, like, a ninja mask. Mm. You've thought about this and for a while. It And it would be the last gift from my Bigfoot sensei. Hmm. His pelt as he's dying. I, Josh, take my pelt. <laughs> Craft a ninja suit. Would you try to take his pelt off him before he died? No, I would wait until he died. Ow! Ow! And wait until I die! <laughs> And he would pass the AllSpark to me. Wait. <laughs> you fucking nut. That's the Transformers. Okay, well, the all squash. There you go. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man. So. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, think, I think it's. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. Oh, I go. was going to just talk about how cold it's been here and how I'm wondering can I just never leave the house? Would my life. Would I keep a relationship going with my partner and friends and stuff? You'd still have our friendship. That's good. You know, we could have our little Skype. We could have our little text messaging. Okay. Our occasional phone call. We never have to leave the house for that. Yeah. I don't care where you are when we talk. That's great. Except in 10 years, I have to be in Chicago. Yeah. You know, Chicago's big. We probably should really be more specific. Ah, we'll do that next episode. Okay, what were we going to say? Uh, let's go to that diner at the Good Vegan French Toast Ugh, that please. everybody talks about. Oh my god. $30 for some fucking French toast. Places fucking... For years, years, every time we went to Chicago, we had to go to the diner that has the vegan food. And every time we go, I'm like, why the fuck am I here? And then one time I went, I got so sick, not from the diner, but just because traveling and no sleep or sleeping in a van just does messed up things to me and i was sitting there shaking while people were eating and i was just like i just want to go back in the van or do you think you had a premonition of what the world is going to be like in the future in in that spot i had a shiver 
Yeah, you had a shiver because you sensed maybe you were on one of the ley lines mm-hmm. that gets nuked. Mm-hmm. Or I was dealing with some pretty heavy-duty sleep deprivation. Nah, I think it's probably more likely that you right. that makes predicted the, the nuclear future. That makes sense. Do you want to be my band, Nuclear Future? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Okay. Moving forward. So, Dennis, I think it's time for Josh's Conspiracy Corner. Ah, we're back to the Conspiracy Corner. Back to the Conspiracy Corner. Yeah, I wanted to talk. I mentioned a, a, a few episodes back that I wanted to talk about gang stalking, which is something I've been very interested in for quite some time. And you and I talked about it. We actually watched a little bit of a, a, a Vice documentary. Yeah, I didn't know about it while you were out here. I didn't know anything about it, and um, and now I find it fascinating and troubling. Yeah, it's definitely really sad when it gets down to it. But um, have you ever been followed before? You know, I don't think I. I don't think I have. You've never been in like a situation where you're like, "What's that guy doing?" Not really. Like, you know, you're driving along, like, a country road late at night. Like, sometimes you're like, Why, how is this person possibly going the same exact place I'm going? And it turns out yeah. they're going the same exact place you're going. Um, yeah. But no, no, I've never gotten that freaked out where I totally thought someone was following me. Mm-hmm. But I, I've always figured that there'd be no reason for anybody to follow me. That if anybody ever sees me on the street and thinks they're going to mug me, they just think twice because... It doesn't seem like I have anything to steal. Yeah. I'm very low-key. You are low-key. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I, I was thinking about this, and the only time I could think of was when I had ridden my bicycle over to Camden, New Jersey, and the person I was dating at the time was going to school over there, so I went to visit her, and I was headed back over to the bridge, and I, I think I was just walking my bike, and there was a dude that was walking uh, on the opposite side of the street as me, was like passing by me. And I watched him just stop and turn and look at me. And then he just started to follow me. Hmm. And he was like making a beeline towards me. And then I managed to get to the bridge and got up on the bridge and then, you know, rode my bike away. But that was a case of, I think when you live in a city like Philly, you get a sense of this guy seems sketchy. I'm gonna, you know, so I, I think my like, anti-mugging radar went off and i'm pretty sure that's what that guy's deal was yeah but um gang stalking however is very different from that although it could fold stuff like that into it so i went to uh the subreddit for gang stalking to kind of find a definition and their definition is gang stalking is an umbrella term describing a series of techniques utilized by a group to instill mental instability within a victim with the intent to discredit sabotage harass extort and even drive a victim to suicide a victim of gang stalking can have their reputation credibility careers relationships and entire life put into ruins Hmm, it's intense so yeah so gang stalking is is basically there are people who have come to refer to themselves as targeted individuals who believe that there are groups of people harassing them, you know, following them. You know, they they think that they're the subject of this campaign against them. You know, people playing mind games with them and messing with their heads and harassing them covertly. And there are numerous reasons that people give for being a targeted individual. Uh, Some of it refer to something called cause stalking, which is that they are 
pinpointed because of a certain belief that they have. They're an extreme leftist or something, or they're, they're gay, or something that makes them persecuted by these groups. The overwhelming majority seem to think that this is a government thing. You know, uh, law enforcement and government are the ones doing this. Uh, There's a lot of talk of community policing, which is law enforcement getting people in the community to go after a person, kind of under the radar. In order to help them manipulate somebody? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, then you have the government messing with people in this respect, too. Uh, A lot of people believe that the government is employing civilians and government agents, contractors, ex-felons to come and harass them. And that's kind of interesting because there are cases of things like that happening in the past. Mm -hmm. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have COINTELPRO, counterintelligence program, which was a covert program ran by the FBI against domestic groups viewed as subversive uh, that operated at least under the label COINTELPRO between 1956 and 1971. Uh, They targeted Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the Black Panthers, Socialist Workers Party, the KKK, Nation of Islam, tons of other groups. And they were actively doing things like this, you know, like breaking in and planting evidence and doing whatever they could to, to sow the seeds of chaos within these organizations. So there's definitely a precedent for things like this happening in the government. But the thing about gang stalking is that the the people who feel that they are targeted by it, it, it seems bigger than that. And it's a lot more focused on them as individuals instead of them as a part of a group. Mm-hmm. But from that, that Vice documentary we watched, you know, they only really talked to a couple of people. Mm-hmm. And those folks, no, I don't want to say they didn't seem, I don't want to try, I'm not trying to sound shitty. They, they didn't seem to be up to something. They weren't Martin Luther King. Ab- absolutely. Yeah. They yeah. weren't running, they weren't like going to spark this revolution. One of the guys was living in an RV somewhere in LA, and another guy was a, a hairstylist. He was a makeup artist. Makeup artist, yeah. thank you. Who was who was saying he was being targeted because he was gay. Yeah. Which, okay. In Los Angeles, yeah. In Los Angeles? Mm, I don't... That sounds... That sounds a little far-fetched to me. Yeah. So some of the tactics that are employed against them as targeted individuals, you have surveillance, constant surveillance. You know, a lot of people are saying that there's always somebody nearby recording them or watching them, uh, recording them or whatever. Uh, There's all kinds of harassment. People always talk about being followed in public while driving, while on foot. There's stuff like overt surveillance. So people are clearly taking pictures of them, they they claim. Uh, A lot of people talk about cars driving by their residents, shining high beams at them or honking, just like endless parades of cars, just bumper to bumper driving in front of their houses. A lot of talk of crowding or mobbing, which is somebody getting boxed in in public by, you know, either as pedestrians or cars. Uh, One of the guys on the Vice documentary was talking about getting blocked in on all lanes on the freeway. And not being able to exit. Yeah. One of the the more interesting ones was uh, something called directed conversations, which is where a targeted individual will be in public and hear two people talking nearby or someone just talking on a phone or something with an earshot. And they claim that these people repeat things that either the target said in private to someone earlier or reveal a personal detail about the target, you know, and and I think the example that I found online when I was doing the research was somebody said, you know, like their uncle had died recently and someone said something about their uncle dying the other night. 
Uh, and then it gets even more untethered from reality. Uh, a lot of people talk about directed energy weapons being used against them, which cause, which they cite as the cause of various physical and mental ailments that they had. Oh, my back has been really bad. I'm having like muscular degeneration. It's because they're hitting me with directed energy weapons. Uh, there's also mimicking where, uh, you know, targeted individuals feel that there are people in public dressing like them acting like them, you know, and then there's, it goes on to implants. A lot of people think that they've been fitted with implants at some point where their thoughts are being broadcast out to, to the, the gang stalkers. So yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. And this is something that I think exists. There's a community built around this. And, you know, this is something that couldn't have happened, I think, 25 years ago you know, like something to blow up like this. Because I think there are, it's estimated right now, there are approximately 10,000 individuals across the world who identify as targeted individuals. There are a ton of online groups and forums. Like I said, there's the the subreddit that I was doing some research on and checking out, which an interesting thing is that the users of that subreddit refer to themselves as protagonists, which we'll, we'll get into when we talk about what, what we think is really happening here. But that was pretty interesting to me. Um, yeah, they've had uh, conferences. There was a, a covert harassment conference in Berlin a few years ago, or at least I saw a webpage for one. I don't know if that actually happened or not. Uh, even, you know, there was a GoFundMe, apparently, an awareness campaign for, for this stuff. Uh, there was even a court case in 2008 where a court in Kansas ruled that a man was banned from using what his accuser described as jolts of radiation to harass him. He was a former business partner, and that was like an official ruling. So the thing is that there are people who feel this way go and find a group of other people online and find this community. And I, I feel like it kind of reinforces it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think that kind of... I personally don't believe that people are being stalked like this. You know, I, I mean, I don't doubt that, that maybe there are things happening like this in the world. And I, I definitely have no doubt that our government has used dirty tactics like this. But I don't think that all of these people are being targeted by the government. Yeah, like to the point I was trying to make before, you know, what is t- to do this to a Martin Luther King, to do this to a, a, a Malcolm X to do this to the Black Panthers, yeah, you can really get in the middle of some what could be a pretty huge uprising and 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 squash it. Why is the government going to go after John Doe? Yeah, J- Joe Schmo, like these people who are not part of the like who just seem from our perspective to be quote unquote regular everyday people. Yeah, yeah, it just I mean would be such a huge waste of resources to target some ordinary person who's not doing anything weird, you know. I mean, I think that this is taking things that the government definitely does, you know, it's it's like the, the the surveillance thing too. You know, like there's no doubt in my mind that the government is reading people's emails and listening to phone calls and stuff, but they're probably not doing that with my stuff. Like I'm writing to sure. you about fucking aliens or whatever. Like the, nobody's monitoring my email because of that. They're they're definitely targeting other more valuable targets, I think. I mean, there, there, you know, I think there can be an argument made that they could be looking at our stuff just for buzzwords that, of course, keywords that would make them think that we're terrorists is the most common thing that they're looking for. Of course, but I mean, I don't, I don't think that they're monitoring every single one of us constantly, right, right. which is sort of the the kind of paranoia that a lot of the these targeted individuals convey is, you know. 
this is a thing that's happening and super widespread. I, I yeah, I, I think what's happening, it's it's kind of complicated, but this is something we've talked about several times, and I, I kept meaning to look up what the actual term for it was, but it's apophenia, uh, which is the tendency to attribute meaning to perceived connections or patterns between seemingly unrelated things. This term was coined by a psychiatrist named Claus Conrad in 1958 in his publication on the beginning stages of schizophrenia, where he defined it as unmotivated seeing of connections accompanied by a specific feeling of abnormal meaningfulness. Some examples of this are the gambler's fallacy, which is the false assumption that past independent events have an effect on future outcomes. So, for example, like, oh, you know, I've been having bad luck all night. It's about to turn around now. And, like, divination is another example. Reading, like, Nostradamus is a classic example of this. Going back and reading these vague things and perceiving them as applying to, oh, he talked about Donald Trump. He talked about Obama or whatever. And we do this every day. We Humans are always looking for patterns. It it helps, right? You know, you can kind of... You, that's how we recognize things. Mm-hmm. We look for patterns, pattern recognition. It's it's a normal human experience. But and you, you get this a lot with people who have depression, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everything goes wrong for me. Oh, absolutely. I look at all this, all the bad luck I have, but not mentioning any good things that have happened. So when you take that to a path a lot into a pathological direction where it's okay. This person is wearing the exact same clothes as me. Something is up. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, well dude, you're wearing a button down long sleeve shirt and pants and a hoodie. Like you're not exactly wearing like a very unique outfit or, you know, these black cars are following me and they're going the same place I'm going. Maybe they're going the same place you're going. Yeah. Like, like maybe it, 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 typically doesn't mean shit just because people are following you or do now of course you're walking down an alley two o'clock in the morning someone's following you okay yeah you definitely should be don't totally ignore that but you're walking down market street in philadelphia or whatever some busy street is in seattle you're swimming across the sound and there's a whole bunch of people (laughs) behind you i mean it's probably they're all just probably going to work yeah and that that's the thing about this is that it's all in the perception of, of these targeted individuals. You know, like I, I was watching some videos on YouTube the other night, you know, footage from these targeted individuals who claim to be catching their gang stalkers on film. And there, there was a guy making a cell phone video. He was inside of like a Verizon store or something. And it was a really busy parking lot outside. It looked like people were getting picked up from somewhere next door. I don't know what it was if, you know, people were getting off 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 work or something but there were a ton of cars pulling into this parking lot parking for a few minutes somebody sitting there and then somebody gets in the car and they drive away and that you know the person filming this was like look at this look at all them out there they're following me and was taking this and layering his own paranoia paranoia over it yeah yeah exactly and saying you know this is what's happening you know this is these people are here because of me so i think that's The thing that's really important to keep in mind with this stuff is that you have these people who are feeling, and I I mean, the thing about this is it makes sense. It's almost like this is an amplification, like you said, of, of that kind of pattern recognition that we have. Let's face it, life is inherently meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, the world is a fucking confusing place to live in. Trying to figure out what the fuck is happening around you is sometimes impossible. The world could be very cruel and very hard to live in. So 
we all construct narratives to make sense of that. You know, like we all do this every day in our lives, uh, you know, because if if faced with the realities of things, we would all go fucking crazy, probably, you know, Mm -hmm. just just the fact that we're all going to die is something that I think we all push out of our minds most of the time. But this seems to be people doing that on a whole new level, like they take it Mm -hmm. into a pathological level almost. And we talked a bit, a bit about this as far as like having things fit into your narrative when we were talking about Love and Saucers. Yeah. And David Huggins and how he, you know, he kind of went with this narrative to explain a lot of things that had happened in his life. And he started to explain it in the way of being abducted by aliens and sleeping with aliens and having an alien child, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about gang stalking and individuals identifying as a targeted individual is that they are going online and connecting with these groups that are helping to establish this narrative you know that like if they they connect with other people and they're like wait this is a thing that's happening oh yeah that makes total sense so they subscribe to that version Mm -hmm. of reality and then go down that route and it's reinforced and this is very similar to alien abductions which we we talked about and you pointed out one of the people quoted in one of the articles that we read for this was susan clancy who we also referenced i think last episode absolutely yeah and yeah and i didn't even realize at the time she wrote a a really great book called abducted that i read uh, a couple of years back that is a really great look uh, it's a, a critical look at alien abductions, but not debunking and making fun of people, but taking, mm. believing that these people, like we talked about earlier on a previous episode, believing that these people truly believe something happened to them, but knowing it wasn't aliens, but knowing that full on that they truly believe that this is something that happened to them. And trying to get to the point of why they're believing this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Susan Clancy, they spoke to her, uh, uh, to her in this New York Times article about gang stalking. And she said, it can be extremely difficult to dissuade patients who have latched onto beliefs that they think explain their delusions. She said, I think it's neat, a need for meaning and a need to understand your life and the problems you're having. You're not some meaningless nobody. You're being followed by the CIA. And when you started explaining this whole gang stalking thing to me, and we started doing some reading and watching that documentary, it made me think it's like, these aren't Malcolm X's and these aren't Martin Luther King's. These are Josh and Dennis's, just mm-hmm. people that just seem to have regular lives who aren't ever going to start some counter-revolutionary measures. But in an era of our of our world where you can become famous just from fucking having a reality show because of who your family is and being rich and or you do some goofy thing on YouTube and all of a sudden you're famous because, you know, you put your cat in a t-shirt and it plays the piano. Mm-hmm. Like, so what do I what do I have? What am I famous for? Well, my something has to make sense. Something has to make me somebody. This yeah. kind of makes me somebody if I'm if I subscribe to this Exactly. And whole it's people are following me thing. It's like I pointed out, you know, the the gang stalking subreddit, the users refer to themselves as protagonists. And a protagonist is the main character of a story you know so these people are Mm -hmm. making themselves the main characters of this compelling drama where they're being followed and you know and it's being reinforced by this this template that they're finding online and connecting with and plugging into and you know this is it's the same thing with alien abductees and the thing that that was interesting that one of the things that i i pulled out of the book that you know going back over it today 
was that Clancy points out that a lot of the alien abductees that she talked to over the course of her, her studies, most of them seemed to say that they were happier, felt more well-adjusted, and seemed thankful for their abductions because it gave them a sense of meaning. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, and I think... This seems to be a darker side to that. I don't think a lot of people who identify as a targeted individual would say that about themselves, that they're happier knowing. But I mean, I, I think a lot of people do feel, you know, like we said, they, they find a sense of meaning knowing, mm-hmm. oh, this is what's happening. Cool. Yeah, I find, I, I, and I'm sure they find some sense of like calm that they found other people that know what they're dealing with. Yeah. And some some explanation. Yeah. And I mean, again, so much of this is they're all things that happens in everybody's life. You know, like I, I, I connect with, I really connected with this story, I think, because I think about my own struggles with mental illness in the past, how I lived my life kind of in the dark, not knowing what was happening, thinking, oh, I'm a terrible person, you know, I'm bad at things. But then realizing, oh, that's depression. You know, that's what was happening. And then once I had that that filter through which to view my life and the world around me, it changed everything. You know, it gave me a sense of meaning like, oh, that's why X, Y, and Z has happened up until now. And I think that that seems like the same exact thing. You know, people afflicted with this are struggling with something in their life. And then they find this and it explains so much to them and it makes sense, you know, so they go with it wholeheartedly. Yeah. So, I th- Josh, so this is super extensive and you have so much stuff here. So I think what we sh- need to do is stop here and do a part two. Yeah. Because we have more to go over. We have an FBI agent who conf- – a former FBI agent who confirms gang stalking. We are going to talk about some of the really dark roots that people who have said they've been gang stalked have gone through. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about the list that um, the gang stalking groups have been giving to uh, their members to tell them how to fight gang stalking. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot here, and it's it's just very intriguing. I, yeah, I could definitely talk about this a lot more. So yeah, let's let's finish this up on the next episode. All right. So either next episode or. In 10 years in Chicago after the post-apocalypse, I will talk to you then. Oh, and Bigfoot says, and Bigfoot says goodbye. Uh, actually, that is Sasquatch for I think that's all the time we have for this call. You got me. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.